1: Otherwise meant to say a podcast where Sunderland have lost again, this time to Preston North End, and with Stephen Goldsmith and in the absence of Matt and Rick doing the car pod we're gonna try and take over the mantle and see if we can do their good work, some service. Um, so disappointing result again Stephen, not a great performance, how did you see it?
2: I'd just like to say first, I think we did the first ever car pod when we lost at button when Lee Camp threw on him if you want to go back to that season but uh, it wasn't a regular thing, so I'm happy to concede there. Uh, yeah, so what you say
1: is where Trent's set really? I,
2: I guess so. Um, I'm just asking the questions, Mick, I don't know. What did, I, we both said nothing to like, panic about in terms of you're not looking at that team and getting flashbacks to the Grayson season that I've just mentioned there and thinking, right, we're going to be down the wrong end of the table. We're, we're not. We're a far better team than they were today. We see a ridiculously unlucky goal again, which is pointless trying to like analyse too much. We haven't seen footage back yet at all, but and we were quite close, weren't we? Two rows yeah. back. So I haven't seen whether the Patrick Roberts chance was a bad miss or a good save and the Dan Ballard header whether he should have he should have taken the net off. Because I think you know, it changed the whole complexion of thing. But that's not making excuses. Some of the same problems Just yeah coming back again Yeah,
1: I think that's a frustration really I mean, there's still I think that is the biggest frustration actually The fact that we're not a million miles away In terms of like the performances Like the day was not a great performance at all And it is a little, a little bit worrying That we did lose to Preston Who they may look very limited and ordinary Across the 90 minutes yeah. um, But I think in the first half I think we were actually on top We were creating the better chances Before Preston took the lead and it was one of them games where you got the equaliser of a penalty, which I have seen back, and that was a stonewall penalty, really good play by Clark. And you, you think at the half-time, like, great, we can kick on now in the second half, and they like, continue to take the game to them, kick the walls out with fans. But it never really materialised, and we were saying, as the second half began, that it was some whip-switching away, that for 15 minutes, we just lost complete control of that game, and Preston started to get on the ball, more, we couldn't keep a hold of the ball, and just in the midfield I think we were crying out for a bit of seniority because again I think you're looking at Dan Neal to be the the linchpin the one everyone looks up to when he's 22 year old and this is only his third season of regular football second season of championship football and we're maybe asking lads to do a little bit more than what they're really capable of at this moment in time I mean like Joe Bellingham today I think that was arguably his weakest performance
2: Yeah, yeah no I agree um I just think as much as we go on about the centre forward, we've been going on about that sort of Corey Evans role as well. And I think we're struggling because we don't really have anything beyond Neil, Egware, Bellingham to to, to call upon. And none of those three lads should be sitting, but it's it's not the game of any of them. And what happens is, you know, teams like Preston us, smothering us, where they kind of when they're breaking on us. They're looking threatening every time they're going forward. And it's going to get to a point where if we hit a run of games, where even if we are playing well, the same pattern keeps happening as it did last week and today, where the other team look dangerous when they're counter and then score and then beat us, then heads are going to fall and we know what uh, heads are going to drop, sorry, and we know what. Um, yeah, we'll we're not, we're not be that drastic. Um, and we know what momentum's like in football, both upwards and downwards, and that would be my concern. Then you're getting back to the lack of experience of the change room Like a broken record a bit um, I think The worst builds in the second half Even when we were like getting on top And they were struggling with our little Interchanging and it's the same It's the same thing over and over And then a couple of We were guilty of a few different things To turn over possession, I think overconfidence At times, people were taking Unnecessary touches on the ball yeah. In the middle of the park, Eggwork, I remember doing one Danny, like, I remember doing one, Hume. Where they're trying to take, where they're trying to be clever instead of just taking the ball and moving it on quickly. Which, again, if it works, fine, because you want to see young, confident players play well. Um, but we give possession away a couple of times. And how many times are we going to get in the box? How many times Patrick Roberts beat his man and get square in the box? And yes, like we keep saying, you feel like if Ross Stewart's there in the box, he's going to be in a position to just roll a back to. But, We don't have him And I feel like the other players Know we don't have him And why are they not Getting in better positions Because He's doing it five or six times a game At the minute He did it Time and time again against Ipswich He did it time and time again today Where he's getting the ball Square in the box Waiting for a pullback And there's, there's no target for him Just to roll the ball into And Surely our midfielders Should know That's coming no, 100% agree um,
1: it, just, it was just frustrating all round I mean, like you say I think Roberts is up for someone to play off And not even necessarily talking about the centre forward I think um, Ahmad's a big miss in that regard Because I think he gave both Roberts and Clark Something to play off When they got into them really good advanced areas Like you say, every amount of times Where he got into really promising positions today But didn't ultimately create all that much of Their keeping made that one good save in the second half From point blank range but other than that, I can't really think of where we've really threatened their goal, despite the fact we had a lot of pressure and got it into good areas. Yes, we had the couple of opportunities you mentioned there, Stephen, but again, we're not hitting the targets. And it is a concern. I think um, it, what encapsulated it for me today was when Abdullah Barr came on and he looked, again, a bit like Ipswich. He looked really bright. He looked really positive. He was direct running at them. He was beating them. He looked really skillful, There's clearly talent there, but he made the wrong decision almost every single time. And even when he made the right decision, the execution of the final ball just wasn't there. And it's just a little bit of a theme. But again, we're asking somebody who hasn't had a, a huge amount of 1st team football to be a more like, um, pivotal player now. And I think there is a player in there, but it's going to take a while. And I think there is an element of some lads being hung out with dry to a certain extent. I mean, Hemer when he came on today... I fought them for a few times. We got balls at the box, and he just looked like nowhere near getting on the end of them. I think his link play in the deep, like deeper in the pitch, is a bit. He's quite good. He gets the like lead off to people. If he gets it play in the feet, he can be quite strong on the ball. But again, he's somebody who's going to probably take a while to be ready. And the difficulty is, if you have a slow start, like I've mentioned before, last season we got the playoffs brilliant, but. We finished on 69 points which would not normally get you there so therefore if you have a drop off from that you can be kind of sitting in mid-table and that's not where we want to be but um, talking of Hemair what did you think of the decision to start with Bradley
2: Datt the rather than him? Um, element of Tony Mowbray making a point I think we said before the game didn't we it's very very much putting two keepers on the bench or um, putting one fewer outfield player on the, or just one fewer sub on the bench when there's kids who could come in, Martin O'Neill did that a couple of times <laughs> to make a point, I think. That's a cynical way of looking at it, but Bradley Duck wasn't supposed to be even considered to be fit yet from, from no. memory when we signed him. So, um, yeah, it could be too. Far. We don't know what goes on behind the scenes, do we? Like, of and maybe his confidence could be shot for all we know, yeah. which you'd, you'd question off the back of one game whether, you know, he, he wasn't. Terrible, Not as enough. we keep saying, he just he just looked like he was a bit off the pace. Yeah. Again today, he, he just looks like he looks like a 19-year-old kid who's got potential, but we shouldn't be relying on him. He's got the number nine on his back, and it just it just doesn't it just doesn't fit. And um, you know, he could do with a goal um, to get him up and running. But in terms of Dak, I thought. Did okay, without being brilliant, yeah. He's clearly a, a, a clever footballer, I think. He's, yeah. um, he's got a good touch, you, you can tell he's a good player, um, and yeah. with, without him giving us too much to conclude there off that performance. Again, Mowbray said when we signed Dak, what he's good at is holding the ball, playing in the wide men, getting himself in the box. That's probably what he's thinking was. But the other thing you need to go with that is playing the ball into the centre forward yeah. and getting inside the box. Which he can't do because he's the furthest forward So just, it's not new news anymore is it? It's, it's, it it's not as bad away from home I don't think no. like, I, I can live with them all away from home Because we, we, we're we going to counter attack more on the road And you know t- t- Today wasn't that different from the game when we beat them to get in the playoffs If you ask me that might seem daft because we've lost 2-1 But in the first half of that game They missed an absolute sitter at 0-0 yeah. And then we should have had a penalty So the first half They don't miss the there They get a jammy goal to, to make up for that And then we get a penalty So that was You know Nothing really in it Second half We were just starting to get on top Yeah But where we didn't have The brilliance of Ahmad You know We we just couldn't find A, a breakthrough And he, need, he needs a couple more in yeah. We need a couple
1: more players in No we do 100% Um so when you see a couple more, we look in the. Are you seeing two strikers, or are you looking at a striker and a midfielder? Because to me, today the midfield looked even more of an issue yeah. than, the, than the up front. To be honest with you, just how easy they were getting. Through us at times, and it's an easy point to make, but we, none of them are natural holding midfielders, and, and that's the thing. So, like, you're not playing people with the strengths. Um, and consequently, I've seen quite a few people on Twitter quite rightly pointing out the amount of goals we're conceding and saying, oh, like, Mowbray needs to sort the defence out and stuff. But I don't think it's quite as simple as saying he just needs to sort the defence out. I think it's one of them. I think the amount of pressure that they're getting through on the, our goal is coming from that lack of solidity of in the midfield, the lack of somebody being able to drag the young lads through the game. And when they can get on the back four, I think it's obviously it just exemplifies, sorry, um extent, get my words out. Um it kind of exacerbates the issues that we're having at the back. Um all nine start the day, we didn't That wasn't new, we knew that all nine would be playing today after Mobery's comments in the week. For me, I think he was quite the today, I think he gave the ball away like a lot. I mean in the first half I think at uh, half time we were having a chat and you said you didn't think he did that bad uh, thought he was quite poor But second half He gave it away Like quite consistently And given that he's meant To be in there To be a ball playing centre half
2: I think I can see Why he's playing him now Without somebody like Corey Evans there Because he's stepping out Yes From the back And Ballard and Bar Can't do that So whether Triantis can When he gets up to speed Or whatever Remains to be seen And he's re- he was actually Really good at that in the first half I thought Getting the ball, taking a pass to the centre forward. That is that is good, but he just those crossfield balls then then spoil his good work. And he he does he does something brilliant and then he does something terrible. Yeah. And it's really, really frustrating. I mean to watch. contrary to popular belief,
1: right? We don't have a vendetta against 9 on this podcast, or at least i don't anyway and just it's like you say, Stephen Every time you think to yourself, oh, he's actually doing really well, and like he's really good, and he's making the step up really well, he'll do something to oh, for God's sake, Luke! Just,
2: just, like it's almost like we know how hard he works and stuff behind the scenes. Yes, and, and, and that's when we've had players come and just pass through and not give a shit before. You know that is t- to to be commended, and I don't think anyone can take that away. Oh, and right. but sometimes it comes across. So it's like, it's like he needs to think about absolutely everything that he's doing at times. Yeah, it's not almost like it's his natural game, no. and he's having to like think about it and he's doing it well, but it does it just doesn't seem natural at times. And again, not necessarily his fault. You know, if they're gonna let Danny Barley leave. Tryoutness doesn't look ready yet, so. We are where we are, and, and like I said, without somebody like Evans just yeah. protecting that back four, I can see why he's playing there because he can step out and he can he can bring us ten yards further up yeah. as well, which I'm not sure the other centre can do. So I get it, but we're just going to have to accept that while he's playing, he's, he's not he's not and never will be a perfect footballer. To so which, yeah, but he's, he's 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 fine. He's at a level, but it's just a shame that like we're around three players away from being a really 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 good championship team no. and, and his position will be one of those players right through the spine of the, t- spine of the team I would argue centre half that whole of midfielder a striker away from being able to challenge for the top two in my opinion and yep. as things stand today just made you worry that it's going to be like
1: mid-table mediocrity No 100% and it's also again like obviously I don't steal the thunder from the, the main show on Monday but just thinking as well. We were having the discussion. It's quite strange to be in a situation where you've had a manager come in and he's had a, an exceptional first season, but he probably, well, in all probability, he won't be here at the end of the coming season. So that's like quite, a, quite a strange dynamic as well. Because you think if we have a, a slow start, it's idea like, let Morby see the season out, or will they be looking to bring in somebody who like suits like what they want to, what they want to do in the next phase of the model or whatever well, you want to call it's, it. it. It's a very mad
2: prediction, and I don't normally. Um stick my neck out on the line like he does because I've seen what normally happens when he does that Um, and I I said to you during the match it's hardly a groundbreaking prediction is it, you know what I mean, I'm not exactly like saying something other people haven't said including Matt himself I think but for me to say it and commit to it Tony Mowbray won't be here by Christmas in my opinion I mean but that's such a strange I mean you're right
1: And I completely agree With like the logic Behind what you're saying But that's so strange In that because Usually when You think oh well A manager won't be here In a few months time It's because He's doing things Really wrong Tactically There's like cracks Appearing all over the place But it's not like that at all I still think is, He's done an outstanding done really job. job Outstanding job And to be fair I lay Virtually none of the issues That we're experiencing At his door really I think he's being asked to with one hand tied behind his back to a certain degree, um, but no, I just think it's quite uh, an interesting thing. Like, I'm not saying that he'll kind of like go like imminently or soon or anything like that, but it, it is like quite a, a bit of a strange dynamic. It feels like we've gone from a position at the back end of last season where everything was so unified, like the fans, the players, the management, everything just felt like together again, and already we're kind of seeing these cracks appearing, which is the absolute last thing that we wanted. Um, so yeah we've just very, <laughs> nearly went to a pigeon there. a pigeon the car next us just wiped a pigeon out yes
2: 90 miles an hour on the M6 so there you
1: go but no um, I'll say I think just to sum it up I just think um, frustrating frustrating for this the same old frustrations and we shouldn't be in this position but I think next week at, Ro- at home against Rotherham now becomes quite a big game I'd,
2: I'd want to know just to, what you're talking about the Mowbray thing there. I'd, I'd want to know what's going through the minds of like KLD and Spickman now because in terms of style of play etc because there's this assumption that they want players to like express themselves get out of front foot some of the football we saw last season it was brilliant it was, so, and, it was you know, it, was, and I, it, it didn't was. amount to anything but it was really really refreshing and encouraging to see and there's always a presumption that that's been driven by the likes of Spickman for example and I'm not shoot I'm not. Is it like I would question that because Alex Nail wasn't that, and he was their man before Mowbray, and I don't think they brought Mowbray in the thing. Oh, he's the kind of manager we need because he's going to get these kids to express themselves. Let's be honest. We knew that Mowbray had come in because he was it was convenient. He was available. Yes, of course they would have they would have concluded that he, he likes to play attacking football. We all we all knew he did. Yeah, of course. So that would have helped. And I'm just wondering what they're looking at now and what conclusions they're drawn. Are they looking at this now, thinking, right, we need... And I'm massively jumping the gun here, but we know, not talking about the next guy who might come in. It's ridiculous, really, as you say. But I'm not being that direct with what I'm saying. But I'm just wondering what's on their long-term thinking. they thinking, right, this is the way we want to go long-term Evolution, now. yeah. Or do this bunch of players need organising more? Yeah. That could be something you could throw at Mowbray. So you're too... No, I'm sorry, you're letting, you're, you're letting them express themselves too much they need drilling a little bit more, they need coaching a little bit more about keeping defensive shape and stuff. Now, we don't necessarily want to see that with this group of players, but it'll be interesting to know if that's what they were thinking because Alex Neil was more that than what we've got now. I'm just not sure it's as obvious as people think. I'd be inclined to say this, what we'll see with these young players down at Mowbray, down at Dodge, down at Proctor, personally.
1: I guess, I think my point on that would be that... Um... Neil was brought in for extremely pragmatic reasons. Like, yeah, he's, he, he was he basically he was a league, managing League One, but he's, despite last season not doing well at so, he's clearly much higher than that in terms of his managerial ability. Um, and I think that was an appointment basically because right, this is a guy who will get us promoted. I don't think necessarily then there was an overarching vision of like how we wanted to to play football or anything. Was always a
2: vision. That's what we get told.
1: We do, but I mean, as I say, I mean, you look at like Lee Johnson and Alex Neil, and there's absolutely no similarities there between like the two coaches there. Um, so, no, it's an, in- it's an interesting point. Um, but I would like to think, though, if like Morbury thinks that these players need drilling more, than like he's, as the head coach, has got the freedom to implement the tactical kind of plans that he wants to do. Surely he's not micromanaged to the extent where like the higher ups dictate to him the style of football he wants to play
2: who knows but I don't I don't start speculating about Marbury really, leaving no definitely not. We've was got... like, well, I brought, I
1: brought. no we've gone off on a, a little bit of a tangent but is there anything else you want to say on the game today
2: no just frustrating Um like I said, followed I've seen many many defeats on the road over the years where I've been really really concerned about the future and I'm I'm, I'm not that but what this has done is solidified to me that Unless we bring players in, we are nowhere near a promotion chasing side at the moment, in my opinion.
1: No, I think I completely agree with that. So, no, that's um, that's it for the the reaction pod. Stephen and Gareth will be back on Monday for a bit more of a um, in depth view of the game today and look discuss some of the wider issues in the transfer market, etc. So make sure you tune in for that. But um, no, hopefully we'll um, get a good result next week and turn things around. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>